0: On the tee, the Knackered Golfist. Four, please. The Knackered Golfist, now driving. You are listening live to the Knackered Golfist Podcast. The Knackered Golfist Podcast. Welcome to the Knackered Golfist. I'm your host, the Knackered Golfist, and uh, if you haven't been uh, watching golf today, today is Easter Sunday, 2023. John Rahm is the Masters champion for 2023, and it was uh, really great to see him win. And I'm great to see it was great to see him come from behind to beat uh, Brooks Kepka and amazingly, Phil Mickelson finished uh, second place, and. Um, You know those guys and Patrick Reed made a run, and uh, guys like Russell Henley and Matsuyama was in there, Uh, and Brett Kepka was. uh, I guess the way the schedule was made today, they played in the morning to finish out round three, and then they played. uh, They they teed it off at uh, two o'clock Pacific for sorry two o'clock Eastern for. The, uh, the, the fourth round, fourth and final round for the final round at Augusta National, and uh, it was really spectacular. You know, uh, I went to church this morning, and it was great to uh, connect with folks at church, and then uh, came back and uh, watched the tournament, and it was, just, it was just great. It was just great all around. I was listening to the Masters radio with Mike Tirico on, and Rocco Mediate was, uh, was on the radio. It was great to hear him. Uh, so I don't know. It was just great all around. I'm probably this episode probably won't be that long, but uh, it's just great to see John Rom win. And uh, I knew it. I knew it from when he won at Riviera this year that he would be a really, really high contender for winning the Masters this year. And uh, it it just makes his. I mean, I didn't really think that the win at the U.S. Open was all that legitimate just because it was held at Tory Pines, but this really. Legitimizes John Rahm. He was able to keep his head clear and keep his head and mental emo- and his emotions collected. He was able to just keep it all together. And he was just able to really put on a clinic. And with his ball flight and his and his not even coming to parallel swing, it's just awesome. It was great. I was rooting for him. And I had not rooted for John Rom in the past. Uh, when he had all of his temper tantrums out there, but I'm so glad that he won and it was a great win for his team and for Callaway golf and for, uh, for Spain. Cause, uh, I guess, uh, whenever, whenever it's like, whenever the, the masters is held on Easter Sunday, it's like, it's, it's, it's probably going to be a Spaniard that wins. So, uh. They were making all these references to Seve Ballesteros, and his birthday was on April 9th, and uh, John Rom's caddy number was 49, and it was like, oh my gosh, there's all these stars alignment kind of stuff, and Jim Nance was talking about it. And uh, Sam Bennett was the uh, low amateur. It was great to see him play, and great to get the ovation that he received after he finished on the 18th hole, and just how emotional he got between the green and the... uh, the scores house, the scores building. And he was just like, really, really getting emotional out there. And so it was great to see him. He really played well, just amazing, amazing play from an amateur. And he was definitely low amateur and he almost, he almost ran away with the tournament yesterday or during the, uh, the second and third round. And I guess he played in the last round on, on the third round, but I didn't, I didn't watch the third round in the morning, but uh, it was great it was just all around great tournament and you know all the rain that happened was a bit of a was a bit of a downer but then we had sunlight on Easter Sunday and we were able to have a great finish to a great tournament and uh, John rom won and amazingly Phil Mickelson finished second place at eight under I believe I think that's the right score but uh and nobody talked to him after Phil Mickelson finished. I mean, nobody talked to nobody talked to Jordan Spieth either. I mean, he was at uh, seven under, and you know why is it, it? Even though there's the difference in tours and all that animosity or whatever, why didn't Phil Mickelson get talked to by Amanda Renner? Why why didn't they do that? I don't know why. Uh, that seems a bit odd to me. But uh, anyway, you know. I, I'm not, I am, I'm not really a film Mickelson fan anymore, but it was cool to see him, uh, get second place in the, uh, in the masters this year. And it's like the, the oldest person to ever place in the top 10, uh, ever. So since Jimmy Demerit back in the fifties, so really, really awesome stuff, really awesome stuff. So I can't say enough about, about the play and of the TV coverage, you know, the TV coverage was great. And, uh, there was, uh, you know, the masters does it all correctly. It's all awesome. It's all brilliantly done, and it's just great all around. The patrons, you know, we got to, I got to see Flow down there. Progressive Insurance Flow was down uh, behind 16T. It's not Flow, but it's a name. Like, her name's Lindsay Brown or something, and she is uh, a very um, a very fashionable uh, lady that sits behind the 16T on Sunday or during the. Uh, during the week of the Masters, and she is, she is one of the uh, one of the folks that is. Uh, I always want to see what she's doing because she was wearing like a big old hat with big sunglasses, and she had her own green jacket. And I guess she she's from Augusta, Georgia, and her parents have had uh, season tickets uh, for for, e- for ages. And so it was great to see her. I always think she's Flo from the Progressive Insurance commercials, and so. She looks kind of like her and it's cool to see her, uh, out there, but it's, uh, it's just great. It's just great all around to see what the masters is and all the, I didn't really see any of the front nine today. I, I caught the, uh, when I got in from church, I think he was, he was on the, uh, the, he was playing the eighth hole and I think Kepka hit it to the left in the rough and then Kepka, you know, had to chip out, but then Rom... Hit his second shot to the front of the green, but he had this really long uh, lob shot that he hit from the front of the green, and he hit it for he hit it within like two or three feet of the hole on eight. And that and in his in the Butler Cabin interview, he was saying that that was a big turning point. And so, you know, he got a little squirrely with uh, with the shot on nine. You know, he hit it up on the ninth green and then it kind of rolled off the green and then he had to chip it up as far as I remember. And I think he bogeyed, I think he bogeyed nine, but, uh, it was great. It was great seeing him, uh, do that. But then he got to amen corner and he, uh, I can't remember. I think he parred, I think he parred 10 and he parred, he parred, um, 11. And then the way he played 12 was textbook. You know, you don't want to go for the flag on 12. On Sunday at Augusta. you He hit it where he had to hit it, where Tiger hit it in 19, and that was awesome. It was like, okay, and then he hit a really good approach putt on 12, and he made par on 12, and then uh, that was awesome to get out of 12 with a par. Just great. And so then he played 13, and then he started getting held up by Patrick Cantlay, and and what's his name? Uh, Victor Hovland and Cantlay was really got on my nerves because he was taking forever. And I call I I, I call him. I, I say he can't play fast enough. You know, Patrick can't play fast enough. And so on. Sixteen was when he was really going slow because he didn't really make the green. the The pin was cut in the traditional Sunday placement on the left, uh, sort of middle left on the green. And then Cantley hits it to the right on the green. He's got this big, long, uh, banana-shaped putt coming down to the hole. And he's taken forever to get the thing lined up and all this stuff. And he just took forever. He was, it was causing all sort of traffic gridlock on the uh, on the golf course. And it was almost a sig alert out there because, you know, he went to UCLA. And he's familiar with sig alerts. So on the 405 freeway, we had a bit of 405 freeway stuff going on on thirteen. And also on the on the 16th hole there at Augusta. So a uh, little thing that was interesting is on 15, he laid up, John Rom laid up uh, to be, you know, within probably 100 yards of the green on 15. And I think he chipped up, but I think he got par on that hole or if not a bogey. I don't know. I think he got par and he didn't. He had an easy chance to get a birdie, but he didn't get a birdie. But it's like. He didn't have to really do much. He just had to play steady, level-headed golf coming in because Brooks wasn't really able to keep it together. And uh, it was it was a testament to John Rahm keeping his head clear, keeping his head in context, in in the moment, not getting too ahead of himself. And I got to commend Trevor Immelman for mentioning all that. You just got to keep your head in the moment, keep your head present when you're playing golf, trying to get a good score and just not getting too ahead of yourself. And it's, it's all worth just trying to keep yourself in the moment. And just even at a, at a, at a tournament of that magnitude, it's so easy to get ahead of yourself mentally and just losing all, losing all sort of function in the brain and just, and just let it it just go all goes haywire from there. So he was able to do that and keep it all together. And it was just great. Uh, What else did I notice? Um, So then he got to 17 and he parred 17 and then he got to 18 and hit his tee shot and he thought his ball was lost because the ball, I guess, maybe went into the into the uh, Magnolias kind of on the left side of the of the front of the fairway. But I guess somehow it got kicked out or something ricocheted out and ended up in the rough. But he didn't know where his ball was. So he hit a provisional. And I had never heard of anything like that, especially in a tournament of that magnitude, where the leader hits a provisional on the last hole just because he doesn't know where the ball is. I guess it was, I guess it's no big deal because he found his ball and they were able to have the guy with the flag was on the ball because was in the rough. It didn't even make the fairway, and it was uh, you know one of those deals where they were able to find it, but it's like he didn't, Rom didn't know where the heck it was off the tee. Cause I think, uh, he was the guy, the tee off first, but they didn't get a chance to have somebody come out to the fairway to flag it and let him know that it's okay. So anyway, so he had a bit of, uh, it was like a, a kind of a, they were re- referencing, uh, having like a Seve kind of a hole where he would just chip it up and, he hit his second shot in front of that big bunker on the left side of the green, of the front left of the green, and then he hit it over the green, and he hit it within like five feet, something like that, which was immaculate, immaculate shot. And then he made the putt for par, and he 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 won it by I think it was I think it was four shots, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, uh, just just unbelievable, great tournament, and like they were talking about before, I guess. I don't think no Spaniard has ever won the Masters and the US Open. Um Balisteros was able to do it with the Open and the Masters, but not the US Open and the Masters. So John Rahm is the first guy to ever do that. That was that's a Spaniard, so it's awesome doing that. So and then uh uh won it uh, in ninety-four and ninety-nine and it, uh two masters green jackets, and that was great. Um, I'm a big, I, I remember the uh, 94 Masters pretty vividly when he won against uh, fending off uh, Tom Lehman and uh, I think Jay Haas and uh, I can't remember. Um, anyway, uh, then what else happened? So... John Rom won and he had was there with his kids and he got the hug from Ollie that was great and his wife and his parents and all of his team and all the folks that came with him it's like great it was awesome so really really great to see him win so I don't know this is kind of a oh and then um on a side note I was watching Facebook throughout the back nine and uh Mr. Adhoot will appreciate this but um I'm a fan of the John and Ken show down in Los Angeles and they made like a post of golf is nothing but a adult form of Easter egg finding. And so I made a post where John and Ken actually signed a golf ball for me back in 95. And they're like, we did. And so I sent them pictures of the ball. I found it here in my studio with my other golf balls. I got, I found a Gary player autograph ball and my Johnny Miller and Nick Faldo ball. And, and oh, by the way, Oh, by the way, if you get a chance, try to look for the documentary they made about Tom Weisskopf that they played this morning. Oh, my God, that was amazing. I had to leave after a half an hour of that show being on, and I wasn't able to see the whole show, but it was just Tom Weisskopf passed away back in August last year, and he was the one guy that they wanted to win the Masters, and he never did, but he was a a runner-up several times. He did win a British Open. He did win a British Open years ago. Uh, I think it was 73 or 76, I think, is when he won. No, I think, I think, uh, I can't remember exactly what the year was. No, Johnny Miller won in 76. I think Weisskopf won in 73 at the British Open. So, anyway, great, uh, <clears throat> great documentary that they played with that. They had Lanny Watkins on, they had Ed Sneed, they had a guy that used to be a coach of the Ohio state golf team on there. They had Nicholas on there and they had, um, Tom Weisskopf's, uh, first and second wife was on there. It was just great. I just love seeing that historic stuff about Augusta national and historic stuff about golf. And I, Oh, they had Tony Jacklin on too. That was great. Seeing him again. Um, after, uh, hearing him on the, uh, the history of golf society podcast with, uh, with uh the guy who's always always talking about a course in florida i can't remember who that is the society for golf historians um he uh gosh gosh what's that guy's name anyway so he had tony jacklin on for his podcast he also had ben Wright on and uh just it was awesome just awesome to see that oh what is this what is this guy's name uh talking golf history talking it's the talking golf history podcast that's the guy um I can't remember can't remember the guy's name Good heavens good golly miss Molly oh what's your name dude talking golf history podcast Oh, I got to get caught up with that guy. So before Augusta National, he's got a few episodes that I need to check in on. His uh, podcast about uh, McGregor golf was great, and I really want him to do another series podcast episodes about Ben Hogan golf that he needs to get on. So get on that, whatever your name is. I forget your name. Connor? Connor T. Lewis. That's who it is. Connor. So um he played the Olympic Club last year and you know he was talking about the uh the the architecture of it and how this long lost uh west side of highway 35 course was not really fully developed but you can see the outprint of it so great great to see him and looking forward to more talking golf history stuff with uh Connor T Lewis so all right folks I think that's about it uh John Rahm is your winner of the 2023 Masters and had a great, uh, had a great Easter Sunday, and uh, had some great pot roast and some uh, some good mini tacos from Trader Joe's, and uh, it was great. So, had the whole house to myself watching the Masters, and my wife and son had a great time at their buffet place. So great, 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 great all around. So, thanks for listening. I'll be listening to this on my way to work tomorrow. God bless America. God bless you all, and. He has risen. Thank you for listening. Good night. On the tee, the Knackered Golfist. Four, please. The Knackered Golfist, now driving. You are listening live to the Knackered Golfist Podcast. The Knackered Golfist Podcast. And then the way he played 12 was textbook. You know, you don't want to go for the flag on 12. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the Knackered Golfist Radio Network.